On today's show, how has Jason Kidd been as the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks? Do we have to readjust the goals for this Mavericks team now that we're almost 20 games in? And how addressable are the Mavs' three biggest issues? See, that intro was so much better than the last one. I'm never going to tell you what the first one was. On today's Lockdown Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Lockdown Mavericks Podcast. Hey, hey, Dallas Mavericks are NBA champions. Bang! 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 It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Nick, that's a good question. Good morning, Isaac. Welcome, you are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media manager and coordinator for the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, <laughs> it's messing me up, <laughs> mocking me. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't want or need. You can even negotiate better deals or for those that you want to keep. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every single day. Subscribe and uh Download the podcast wherever you get your podcast. We're also on YouTube. Joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, the mocking man, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? All right, the Cavs game, it's behind us. <laughs> no, can it's we all, not. It's still there. Can we agree that it's, just, it's done? It's <laughs> just past. take one look at Reddit and the whole world is like the Mavericks, the Mavericks suck. They've never made any moves to improve the team. Everything is Garbage. Okay, no lie though. Some of the screenshots you sent me today from Reddit were incredible. <laughs> the masochi- the masochists were out in full swing yesterday. You know, we we used to do this thing. So over the off season, we're just this is gonna be one of those pots. But <laughs> over, over the off season, we would do these game pots on Fridays. Yeah, and so shout out to the OGs who listened to all the game pots over the years. And one of the segments we used to do was the Satnam Shame. We would look at. Uh, these like crazy like posts on on social media. A lot of times, mass Facebook. We used to use people's like actual Twitter handles. Then a dude really came after us like really hard and was like, "I'm gonna sue you or something for using my tweet or something." And it was wild. But anyway, <laughs> Reddit is Reddit at the same level as like Mavs Facebook for some wild stuff. Because it, some is. Of it, it is. It has incredible. to be at this point. This season, it's gone even farther than it has in the past. I think my favorite bit right now, my favorite bit is the <laughs> we have to hold like the the owner accountable. We have to speak truth to power. And I I just think that's the funniest thing that we like, like we have power. Like, <laughs> I, I well, just, it, that post specifically said media and people need to hand it to Cuban and. And so then I sent you, I sent you that, and what was the the best response to it was someone said, "What does it mean?" Someone said, "Hold him accountable." How? Hold Mark Cuban accountable? How? And someone said, "Hold accountable equals <laughs> equals bitch and moan on Reddit." <laughs> well, the, the the blame the media narrative is always the the best thing in sports. It's always it's it's the why didn't you that, trade for blah blah blah? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, we or like this team for? sucks, or this friend, or this like move sucked, or this draft sucked because. You, the media, didn't hold them accountable. It's my favorite. Let's get into what we're talking about today. Jason Kidd as a head coach. We've had 19 games or so of Jason Kidd. Uh, what, we, what, what have we thought about the way he adjusts, the way that he changes, the way that he speaks to the media? I had an interesting conversation with, with Tim Cato and Jonathan Charks during the game, the, the Cavs game the other day, because there's nothing else to do during the game. <laughs> um. About Jason Kidd and the way that he speaks to the media, because Jason Kidd has very rarely ever said anything negative about a player or about the team 
on, you know, or even about anything, really. He's really tried to be positive and to be the face of the Mavericks in a positive way. And I compared him to a, you know, a historical figure that has been recently portrayed in uh, a, a very popular musical. Jason Kidd is trying to be Aaron Burr from Hamilton. If you guys have seen Hamilton, you'll know that that Aaron Burr was a was a guy in history, in you know in history that tried to get power and tried to keep climbing up the ropes and climbing up, and he had good reason to. He was an orphan. He, he you know pulled himself up by his bootstraps, all that kind of stuff. He was he kept trying to get up and raise up the ladder, but he would do it like almost at any means necessary, and 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 he would bounce from one party to another. He would try to do all these these things. He like basically at the end of the play. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert for history. For well, his, I've never seen this for history of the play. Uh, it comes to the end where it's between you know Thomas Jefferson and Alexander Hamilton, who had been at odds. They, they're on separate ends of the spectrum, and they had been at odds and basically enemies. And it, Hamilton has to decide: All right, do I want Jefferson to be president or Aaron Burr to be president? And he essentially gets to decide because he's one of the delegates. And where the crap the, is this going? At the end of this, at the end of this, Hamilton goes. Jefferson has my vote. Jefferson has beliefs. Burr has none. <laughs> and it almost feels, in the way that Jason Kidd has spoken to the media, that he has like, it almost seems like he has no beliefs about things in the way that Aaron Burr did. Where everyone, everything is positive. We have my my new favorite drop. Um, this is a positive world. We'll take the positive. It was plus two. We have my new favorite drop. And it seems like Jason Kidd has been very close to you know the vest on a lot of things where we thought he may be a little more open at the beginning of the season and now it's just everything's going to be positive he's really trying to put himself into a positive light and uh and he's not going to say anything negative or about the team where where this is what we need to do better it really doesn't feel like that yeah i think he's more like indifferent with with media i think it's more of a you know we only compare him to like rick because we're you know talking with rick if we want to say that well you know, we, i compare we, him to to guys like steve kerr and what i've seen from alvin gentry and you know a bunch of there's like frank vogel i mean there's a lot all the all the coaches in the league basically is what i'm, what I'm comparing him to well like i'm comparing him to rick in the sense of like rick always seemed to be annoyed by media and i get it. i mean he's been sure in the for so long and you know snarky the clapbacks the uh you know understanding the media game but not you know Rick, all the Rickisms of of media relationships, but, but like, Rick had a game and Rick had a purpose for the things that he would he would say and do in the media. I think it feels like Jason Kidd is is coming out and he'll he'll just say, okay, whatever whatever is the most positive, I will say that thing. <laughs> yeah, but I I think he's a little bit more transparent. I mean, he's he's more transparent with injuries. You know, he I remember when Maxi went down. I mean, him saying seven to ten days, even though it was past ten days. Like we used to never see that. I think he's a little bit more transparent. He's a little bit. I, <laughs> Yeah, but ever since then he said I'm not a I'm not a doctor. Anytime we ask about injuries, someone told him, "Hey, don't put a time." Yeah, hey, don't don't say days. Don't say a number of days. But I think he's more of hey, like he knows me and he's doing their job. But like I don't, I just don't think he like really cares as much about it. And he's just like, hey, like cool, we'll talk. He leans into the bit too. Like the whole thing about Moses Brown, you know, was this like portion of Mavs fans and all that stuff that have been clamoring for Moses Brown, and then. Bam, like, you know, they all leaned into it, into, including, you know, Jason Kidd and that. So he leaned into the bit, had fun with it. You know, even the Mark Cuban Mavs Twitter thing that Mavs Twitter is absolutely loving right now. Uh, don't fully understand that whole story, but it is what it is. But the it just 
kids leaning into the bit stuff and media stuff, but that's just the media side of Jason Kidd as a head coach. I think the, the basketball side is a different conversation. I say all this to say, does that tell us anything about Jason Kidd as a coach? The way that he speaks to media, the way that he says, you know, the way that he will, you know, all focus on just all the positives and not seem to have any like real, real criticisms except for that last game where you kind of had to. <laughs> There's well, no I think, one. I think but, that's the route to go. Like did, you're a brand new head coach. Is he holding? Is he holding fast? To anything though? Do do we feel like he has strong beliefs as to what this team should look like? What this team should be? I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't know because because look, I mean the the joke about Moses Brown. Well, the fans will be happy. The leadership council decided on Dwight Powell. It's you know, it, as the star making the, the players happy, making the fans happy. It's like exactly. It's like, so, but to his defense on that, I'm not even saying that's a positive or negative. What was the one thing that we had heard, have heard, read everything about Jason Kidd was the control freak of his way. He wanted the power. He wanted to surpass people in Brooklyn right. and like all this stuff. And since, you know, we're almost 20 games here in Dallas and it does seem like he has, Hey, like seeking out other people's opinions and, you know, this council and all, however you feel about it. So I think that has been, it's just, it's just been the, his relationship as a coach, how he's coaching with media, with players and everything. It's been the number one thing that I've been watching mainly because just by default that we've had the same head coach for 13 years up until now. I think it's too early to tell if, if, if he's been good or not for the Mavericks. I think there's a lot of other factors, I think, but I I thought it was interesting the way that he's, he spoke to media. I made that connection and I thought, is that, has that made him a good coach? And I wonder if what Jason Kidd is trying to do and trying to really change his image in the way that, you know, Aaron Bird in the the musical, if he's trying to change his image so much that it's not, it's doing a disservice to the Mavericks. That's a question I have right now that I'm not sure that I can answer. I'm not sure if anyone can answer that, but it's a, it's a big question for the Mavs. Yeah, and we've seen him as a coach. We've seen him make adjustments. We've seen him switch up some things. I mean, how many centers have we seen start the season so far for the Mavs? Under Rick, it probably would have taken a little bit longer. Like, I know the Dwight Powell experiment for a lot of people probably felt like an eternity, (laughs) but we're not even 20 games in, and Dwight is, you know, getting eight minutes a game now. He saw that adjustment. Like, he's at least trying some things out. You know, Willie being out, Willie being out, being sick. He didn't have to put Moses in there. He could have put Dwight Powell in there. He could have started KB at the five, but he's trying out Willie. So I that's something I'm learning about kid that it's, we're 20 games in, basically 19 games in, and he's at least willing to try new things, throw new things out there. And in the midst of all of that, they're 10 and nine, fourth in the West. Fourth in the West, but like two games out of a like 11th, right? It's it. I looked yeah. at the standings today and just said, Oh my gosh, where they're Portland of, is and where the Mavs are. The winning record in the West. <laughs> yeah, there's not many. All right, coming up, let's get into what the goals need to be for this Mavericks team. Do we have to readjust the goals for the Mavericks now that we've seen about 20 games or so? We'll talk about that coming up. But before we do, there's always going to be a debate between LeBron and Jordan. Maybe not for no. Isaac Harris. Oh, come! what ad is this? But people will always make some kind of a debate. When it comes to helping you hire all-star talent, all-legend ta- talent faster, the GOAT is Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed, just like LeBron needs a better marketing team to convince Isaac that he is the GOAT. Indeed <laughs> is a hiring partner that gets you what you really want, a short list of quality candidates as fast as possible because you can do it all, attract, interview, and hire all on Indeed. So go check out Indeed. Don't struggle on your own to find quality candidates. Indeed can help you hire the right people 
right now. The right people that can help you convince Isaac that LeBron is the GOAT. Indeed partners with you at every step of the hiring process so you can find talent with the skills you need through tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Go check out Indeed right now and uh, get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job at Indeed.com slash locked. $75 job credit at Indeed that'll get everybody looking at your job post earlier than anyone else. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. Also, want to tell you about, ooh, baby, Built Bar. Built.com. I got one right here. Bro, I ate, I ate just, this. Ate, just ate one. Yeah, coconut brownie chunk, bros. Let's go. <laughs> the best protein bar I've ever, ever had. And right now, they still have some deals. Go check it out. You can get 20% off everything. It's not going to last long. So go check it out. Use the promo code LOCKED15, LOCKED20. See if that code is still available, LOCKED20. Ooh, they have a Built Crave. Built Crave, new bar. Go check it out. They always have new stuff on Built.com. Go check it out. Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED20 or LOCKED15 if that one doesn't work. Check it all out by the time you're listening to this. Coconut brownie chunk. You can't go wrong. It's absolutely delicious. Built.com slash or then go and use the promo code LOCKED20. All right, Isaac Harris. The goals for the Mavericks. Now, at the beginning of the season, we made some predictions. I think you had the Mavericks going to the finals. A lot of those predictions are just fun. I think a lot of those predictions are our board bets type type oh, predictions. Okay. A lot of those are just fun. We want to just you know look back on them, but uh, and we're feeling fun optimistic, at, feeling optimistic at the beginning of the season. But I think we both thought this Mavericks team should take a step forward. They should win a playoff series. This Mavericks team should be a little bit better in the regular season because. They're not going to have to deal with the COVID situation that they dealt with last year. Hopefully, the Mavericks were about 10% better talent-wise than they were last year. And so, then they should be able to take a step forward. Is the goal now just to make the playoffs? Or are we still looking at that goal of the Mavericks need to, you know, win a playoff series in order for the season to be a success? Goal still the same. It, it doesn't change. I, I The goal can't be... To just to make the playoffs at this point, like it, nothing's changed in, in my opinion as far as like what the goal is. The goal is still you make the playoffs and you move past round one. Like that, that is the that's success for me. I I hope that I mean yeah. The so make the make it. the playoffs and lose in round one again. That's not a success. No, no, not to, not not to me. I mean, it's like who. Who are you facing in round one that you're losing? I mean, I guess Phoenix or I'm, Golden the way State. The, the way the West is right now, I have no idea. It's It seems like the top three teams are going to be Warriors, Suns, Jazz. And so hopefully the Mavericks stay in that fourth spot or fifth spot. Because if you go six, seven, eight, you know, seven and eight, you're in the play-in. But if you stay in, you know, in, if you get to six, all of a sudden you're playing one of those top three teams. And that's that's when I get concerned about if this team is going to get out of the first round. But if you but I, but I'm trying to say of like, let's say you finish, you know, sixth and you're facing Utah in the first round and you lose to Utah, that's still a failure to me. Like yeah. Utah's not so good and there's like in such a different level than Dallas that I'm sitting there saying, you know what? Utah's what? If we're gonna disparage Utah, we have to do it in whisper tones so that our boss doesn't hear it. Utah is not that good. <laughs> what a crap city. What a crap uh, team. But no, and, you know, I, I think there's a different conversation for like a team like Phoenix. They make the yeah. first round. They lose to Phoenix. I mean, it's still a failure of like, hey, you needed to get past, you know, that first round. But 
I still think the goal's the same. I mean, they're they're right now they're fourth and I know the whole thing about oh my gosh, who cares about the record? <laughs> they are stuff. one game out of eleventh. I'm not sure we should be touting the their fourth in the West thing right it, now. It's not a touting because of their we've went over this a million times. It's not a touting <laughs> of like this is how good they are. It's a let's throw the record out of saying, man, it feels like this team has struggled so much and, and yet Reddit is on fire, and yet they're still like they could very well like if you just watch this team and watch certain sequences, you watch that Cavs game. You're like, dang, why are we not 13th in the West right now? But they're not. They've won 10 games already. So it that's a, at least they're not in the hole. That's the only thing that at least they haven't. At least they're not the Pelicans. You know, watch. They're going to lose the Pelicans for all night. And my joke against <laughs> two games Pelicans. in a row. If they lose both of them, then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden they're below 500 and we're gonna, you're going to be eating your words. But like New Orleans didn't have, you know, hasn't had Zion for so long and they've lost so many games. It feels like they're in the hole so much that no matter what happens, no matter when they, if they can turn things around, start playing better, that they're probably not going to be getting close to the playoffs this year. Dallas could have been in that very same spot of like, dang, nobody's hitting shots. KP has missed games. Luca's missed games. Luca's not even in shape yet. Like all this first time head coach, like we could go all down through that line and they're not in a hole that's that they can't get out of, you know, they're at least like hovering in that, you know, that range of the playoffs. They're hovering above the hole. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Watch our phrasing with this, but that's the, that that's the only thing I'm looking at. I was like, Hey, can you, can we just hover in this area until we figure things out, whether that's a trade and reworking the roster, whether that's, Hey, Luca gets in better shape. They start hitting shots. Like all this stuff comes together. Then it's like, all right, thank you for at least like waiting in the water and not, you know, sinking. If the Mavs, let's say they lose the next two games and they're all of a sudden in tenth in the West, or is it in the hole? And all of a sudden, like, is that how tenuous this situation is and fragile this situation is? Is two games either way can make it all of a sudden feel like the Maverick, the bottom has fallen out? No, I still wouldn't change the goal. So if you're Portland right now, you're feeling like, oh, we're we're two games away from hovering above the hole. <laughs> this is I'm so keeping weird. I'm keeping this analogy. I like it. I'm doing it's, an analogy per segment today. What an, a weird analogy! But <laughs> no, I just still, I still don't think the I still don't think the goal would change though. Like it would right right now. If you're telling me we're 60 games in and we're right around the like nine, ten, eleven, twelve team mark and we're like we're fighting it's four teams right there fighting for two spots then the goal changes to just make the play-in tournament just make it and then see what happens but right now we're 19 games in the goal's still the same to me you went you make it to the playoffs you it's a top six seed you win in the first round then we're playing with house money in my opinion yeah hover above the hole until the playoffs until the end of the season just stay just stay up there Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, yeah, I, see, I'm I'm not at the point where they're they're ten and nine. They're one game above five hundred. This is not. I'm not feeling. I'm not feeling good about it. <laughs> this is this is not. I'm a, not feeling great about it. I'm not sitting there saying, "Dang, this team is going to the conference finals." But I'm also not doom and gloom saying, "If we could just make the the play-in tournament, that's all I'm asking for at this point." That's too early for me. Yeah, and the West is so wide. And the reason why I'm also not in that spot where I'm saying, all right, the goals the goals have changed. The Mavericks now just need to make the playoffs is the West is so wide open. None of those teams under the Mavericks right now scare anybody. Portland, Denver, the Lakers, Timberwolves, Clippers, Grizzlies. 
Like none of those teams really strike fear in the hearts of can can you see any of those teams going on a run where they win ten games in a row or something? Like maybe the Lakers if they figure it out, but <laughs> even that team. I mean, they they're, they're they have the most talent of any of those other teams, but the Nuggets. But look at all those like the Nuggets just lost Michael Porter Jr. <sighs> yeah, PJ Dozier. We don't know when Jamal Murray's coming back. Like I don't know what's going on with Portland. Memphis is obviously missing Ja. Lakers going to miss you know LeBron for a few games. They yep. look weird as heck. Yep. Minnesota, fun story. Like I love watching Anthony Edwards play, but it's like, what do you expect from them? Clippers don't have Kawhi. They're playing good basketball, but still, it's like, so that's why I can't look at any of these teams underneath them and be like, oh my gosh, they're guaranteed so much better than the Mavericks right now. So right. It, that's just the nature of the Western Conference. Have we? When was the last time in the Western Conference that basically twenty games in for everybody that there's only been four teams in the West that are above five hundred? And that fourth team is Dallas, which is only one game over 500. So, I well, mean, basically. Memphis basically, and the Clippers are both. And, and Minnesota, okay, they're yeah, all yeah, over bad. 500 right but now. Like, but, like, normally the West is so much better than what it is. Right, right. It's just not the story so far this year. Yeah. Well, in the East, there's 11 teams over 500, right? If you just want to compare the two. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, there you go. We're not adjusting the goalposts yet. Not adjusting it just yet. The goal is still not make yet. the playoffs. And win a first-round series. That's what we're sticking with. That's our story. We're sticking to it. All right, coming up, three problems for the Dallas Mavericks. How addressable are those three problems? We know what they are. We've been talking about them since, honestly, the offseason. We've been talking about these three problems. They're the exact same. We'll talk about them coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to put down some money to bet on sports, to bet on a sporting team, to bet on college football. There's all kinds of stuff. You can bet on right now. Let's look at some of those college football odds. You got uh, college football with, let's see, uh, Michigan versus Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan, 11-point favorite at home in the big house. Check out that one if you want to put down some money on it. Go check check it out. Alabama, Georgia. Georgia, 6.5-point favorite on the road. That's a good one. If you want to put down some money, use the promo code LOCKDOWN. Get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. You can bet on anything. They also have always NBA games coming up. Let's see if they have the Dallas Mavericks on here. Uh, Not yet, but they have Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City, the the, the crap bowl. (laughs) They have that one for December 1st. Thunder, three-point favorite at home. Go check that out. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Isaac Harris, let's get into this last segment here. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every single day. Lockdown Maps is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Now make your second listen today after this. Lockdown NBA, where you're going to check out some of the best stuff uh, from around yesterday's episode of Lockdown NBA. Tony East and, uh, and Dave Watson were was awesome. Love those two guys. All right, the three goals, the three problems for the Dallas Mavericks. We've been talking about them for, I don't know, years. <laughs> They're the exact same problems. Shooting a secondary creator, and center. Let's rank how addressable those three problems are. Well, I want to disagree just a second. Shooting Which is weird because we talked about these before. before We we did. But (laughs) shooting wasn't like a huge question mark going into the season for me. And it's become a question mark. We thought it had been addressed. Exactly. Because look at last year. I pulled up the percentages from last year. Reggie Bullock. 44% 44% from three last year. Yep. Sterling Brown, 44%. Dorian, 39%. Porzingis, 37%. Tim Hardaway, 39%. Maxi, 41%. Jalen Brunson, 40%. These are like, those are really good three point All shooting numbers. Yeah. Now, fast forward to this season. What are we looking at? Tim Hardaway at 33%. Dorian, 
30, uh, below average, below average. Like we can keep on going on this as far as Reggie Bullock at 27%, 44% to 27%. Like this is why I, I didn't think that shooting was going to be an issue for this team because they brought in two 44% three point shooters in Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. And these guys that were returning in Brunson, Tim, Maxie, and these guys are shooting basically 40% you know, shooters last year. So it's kind of a newer question mark for me. So that's why if we have to rank these things of secondary creator, big man, shooting, all this stuff, shooting is on my like least worrisome, you know, I don't even know, at the bottom of that list because I still think they have good shooters on this team. The shots just aren't falling. You know, to quote Jason Kidd there. How, so if we're talking about how addressable are these three things, I think shooting is the least addressable because it just should fix itself, right? Like yeah. it, it sh- they should regress back to the mean. We're not talking about bad shooters taking bad shots. This is have been largely good shooters taking good shots. The, the shots are going to go down. I think that is that one is the maybe I guess that's the, that's the most addressable one because you just address it by keep shooting, right? Keep keep that mentality. Bring somebody in. Bring some psychiatrist in. I don't know, like do the Ted Lasso thing and bring in. They need the Mavericks need their own uh, Dr. Sharon Feldstone. That's what they need. Who is the Dr. Sharon Feldstone of the Mavericks? They need that person. That's my DK. that's my third analogy. They want to bring me in. Just let me know. Bring them in. They need a chaplain. Pray over the t- Isaac. You have not prayed enough for this team. I think pastor Isaac. Oh, my prayer life has to get better. Should at the end of every pod, we should pray for the maps three point shooting to, to change. Right. <laughs> what now I lay me down my, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord, the threes t- to make <laughs> that same guy is going to come back and sue us. <laughs> uh, all right, so shooting is is the, e- the most easily addressable because they don't have to add more talent, right? They just, the, the guys taking the threes have to hit the talent. Secondary creator and center between the two of them. Which one is more more easily addressable or or has to be addressed more? Secondary creator. I, that one's that one's more necessary than a center right now. For me it is, yeah, because I still think there's like there's still teams and stuff that you go against that you can go small or you could throw KP at the five and that's your closing lineup. Your best closing lineup is KP at the five and Dorian at the four. And like you, you can work with that. I don't think there's any team in the league that you go against that you're like, Oh, I don't need a secondary creator. Like you need a secondary creator, no matter the matchup, no matter the team, no matter the playoff series, no matter the matchup, whatever it is, like you always need that guy or else we're going to see some of the same stuff that we've seen over the past few years, you know, with Luca and the load that it's put on him. So I still think, I mean, I feel like we're just, I feel like we're just like a broken record that they, the secondary creator spot next to Luca is still something they haven't figured out yet. Love Jalen Brunson. Love him. I just don't think Brunson is that secondary guy in a full-time role. Yeah. To get where the Mavs want to be, Brunson should be the tertiary scorer. He should be the, 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 you know, the, the answer off the bench. He can't be the the secondary guy to where the Mavericks want to go at this point. Um, I'm I'm hope I'm wrong on that. I hope I am. For the Mavs' sake, I think it would be awesome if Brunson, you know, was the you know the the Batman or I mean the Robin to Luca and that and all of that. But like we've I, talked I, about this, if if he is the answer, then they need a, an an option off the bench, right? Like then they yeah. need a, they still need another option. So it's maybe not just a secondary creator. They need another creator in some way. Maybe it's a guy off yeah. the bench. Maybe it's 
Uh, you know, yeah, maybe there's it's the a guy in Toronto to that's not, not playing right now, and he could be the third the guy. He could him and Brunson could waffle between who's the secondary creator. That's for sure. With center, I was talking to one of our hosts today on, on the Locked NBA about the what did Cavs. Say? About how it was Charles Mockler from the Clipper Show, one of the Clipper Bros. And we were talking about the Cavs and how the Cavs just like murked the Mavs. I think that was his word that he used. If you have two, if you have two big men like Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, who both can defend really well, are long. All of a sudden, you have a strength of your team that not, that doesn't necessarily equal playoff success. But if you're so strong in one area, which is just rim defense, if you could just defend the rim really well at an elite level in the NBA, then all of a sudden. You can win a bunch of games in the regular season, which is why the Cavs are winning these games because yeah. teams like the Mavs just can't get at the rim at them. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's something that, that can carry you to a win, a regular season win in the NBA. Teams can, over the course of a seven game series, figure that out. They can figure out the other areas that they can attack the Cavs. I didn't, I don't think the Mavs attack the Cavs enough, like the Kevin Loves, the Larry Markinens. I don't think they attack those guys enough on defense where I think they would have in a playoff series after yeah. they had some time. But if the Mavericks got a center, it would fix a lot of their regular season issues. A secondary creator or another creator, you know, can address their issues that they're going to have going into the playoffs. That's the difference between these two problems. They need both. Like they gotta, do need both for sure. All three, all three of these things are needs. <laughs> yeah, they they need all three. They need both as far as a secondary creator and big man. But yeah, you make a great point about the Cavs thing. Can, does the Cavs? Does the Cavs roll the three bit, you know, three big lineup out in a playoff series? I'm not confident that they're doing that in a playoff series. Uh, you know, yeah, with, with Mark, Lowry, Mark and with and, yeah. Mobley, and yeah. But but man, I, I think it's a fun team. If I was a Cavs fan, I would like love watching that team, by the way. I oh yeah. You're like, oh, we have the new twin towers that can actually be twin towers and be good. And yeah. Oh. And Jared Allen, so much fun. And yeah, I mean, you can't help to one of the things I think about a lot is what Luca, what a, like Luca with a, a non pick and pop big would look like? Not saying like, like alongside KP, like what would Jared Allen look like with Luca Doncic? What would, you know, some of these other, you know, bigs out there look like next to Luca? And I mean, Luka. it would, it would be Harden and Clint Capella all over again, where all of a sudden they're 60 win team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they didn't have the secondary creator. Then they tried to bring one in Chris Paul and they ran into the Warriors and then they tried to bring one in Westbrook and that went too far, right? Like they, this, they're going through the same iterations that Warriors team, that, that, that Rockets team went through. And hopefully they don't make the same mistakes. At some point, Dorian's just going to be the starting five and they're just going to say, screw the center. And if it goes to the same thing, at some point, someone else will buy the team like Tillman did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What? If they went through the exact same situation the Rockets did, that'd be so weird. Then all of a sudden they run into a, you know an all-time great team and, and almost beat them. Thank God that we don't have Tillman. <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, that's the. What do you guys think about those adjust the addressable three problems? Let us know. What do you think about Jason Kidd as a coach? The you know readjusting the goalposts. Let us know on Twitter at Lockdown Mavs. Go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, guys. Thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen every single day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to break down the first Pelicans game. Now go make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd doing incredible stuff all the time. He is the GOAT of fantasy basketball right now. Go check it out. And uh, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Boom. Boom.